All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan, and today I have a special guest, Rusty Osborne. Rusty is a digital nomad. He travels with his wife all over the country. He is uh, helping a high-performance coaching institute really take the doctors, clients, and other folks to the next level in terms of high performance. He's the host of the Losing Weight podcast. And he's radically changed his life. And we're going to hear about his origin story. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya, functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. If you're a physician who's making good money, but you're feeling stuck in your current situation, or if you're tired of feeling just comfortable and are ready to pivot toward that freedom and wealth lifestyle you always wanted, then I want to introduce you to my newest program. It's called the Physician Wealth Accelerator, also known as PWA. In PWA, you're going to learn the strategies to gain more passive and active income. You'll learn how to free up 10 plus hours a week to pursue your passions and side gigs. If this resonates with you, then I want to personally invite you to join our elite community of high achieving doctors in the Physician Wealth Accelerator. This is a completely free coaching group where you'll be around other professionals in the medical field who are like you and looking to uplevel their life. You'll get access to live monthly masterclasses, live Q&As, and all my best personal resources, as well as access my new app to help you become limitless. If you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Just click it, and you'll be able to join this exclusive community of high-performing docs. Looking forward to connecting with you on the inside. Rusty, welcome to the show. Thanks, Vic. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. So, you know, I cannot believe the kind of story you have to go through to get to where you are. Would you say you're pretty healthy right now? I'm pretty damn healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what Absolutely. you, why do you, why do you say you are healthy? Because man, it's who I am. It's what I do. Like it, it I went from being the opposite to identifying as I'm going to be the healthiest person you ever met. And I've just done whatever I can to be that guy. So, so before we yeah. go back to, to where you were, <laughs> where are you now? Give me some uh, metrics of your health. Okay, yeah. So health metrics, um, down 85 pounds and then up about 30 pounds in muscle. So I'm sitting about 6'2", 180, mm -hmm. uh, mostly muscle. My muscles are big and fun and they look great. So they're not massive, but they, they feel really good. <laughs> That's um, awesome. What else? Yeah, thanks. Uh, my sleep scores, I got my aura ring. They're off the charts for me. They've continued to improve. So I'm for me, I'm genetically predisposed to actually have worse sleep. So I've had a, a bit of a harder time getting more, but I'm hitting on a normal basis, two hours of deep sleep, two hours of REM sleep on a regular basis. HRV has been up on a regular basis too. Um, and in addition, just having the the habits in place that correlate with great health. I'm moving regularly. I'm drinking plenty of water, got the foundations covered, eating all the best quality foods that we can get and uh, and not overdoing it. Sometimes and the last question is really energy. Like, do you have high energy? And it seems to me you do. You're b bouncing off the wall right now. <laughs> All day, every day without caffeine. So That's awesome. So yeah. this is a, a prototypical high performance uh, a person, my friends. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to deconstruct how he went from 
and I'll put, I'll, you know, you said you were, you know, in the, in the dumps, if you will. And you really mm-hmm. not only stabilized, but then you became superhuman, if you will, you optimized and you, you went anti-aging and longevity. So I want to hear about all that. And you know, the, the people who listen to this podcast, they're doctors they are high performers, rusty. They are, uh, they're really wanting to push the envelope of what's possible for them. So I know you have a strategy that you work with your high performers on, which is closing the energy gaps. And so I'd love for you to get into that. So let's first start with how the heck did you get from here, from where you were to where you are now? And then tell us about your origin story. Yeah. So a bit about my story. I was a full-time musician playing in bars all the time. And uh, I mean, it would be 21 nights in a row, one break, one night off and 21 nights in a row again with all the free food, all the free booze I could eat. And I'd gone my entire life just being a fat guy. I could out eat you, I could out drink you, and I was proud of it. <laughs> and so that led to me being obese and drunk all the time. And just, I was not in a good spot. And so from there, I- what? How tried- many years was that? And what year did that start? And where? what year are oh, you now? Yeah. So I, going way back, I actually saw my mom had my baby book out last time I was over there visiting her. And she logged what I was eating back when I was a baby baby. And it said from the time I was about- a year old on under what is his favorite food? It said everything and his brother's food too. <laughs> so literally from, from one year old all the way forever, this is just the way that I'd been. I would just eat too much all the time. And I needed to, I don't know why, uh, why it started so young. So what was your heaviest you've been? The heaviest I weighed in was 236. And I got fatter after that. I just wouldn't look at the scale. I oh was my God. afraid of it. So probably over 250 easy. Yeah. Okay. And so, when did you have the aha moment? I wish I could say that it was just one, but it was a handful of like rock bottom, hit the ground, get dragged along the ocean floor for a while is what it felt like. But one particular night I was playing a show and just went off the deep end of partying and, and I lost a bass guitar. It wasn't even mine. It was borrowed custom, a high-end bass. And it was uh, a whole issue around figuring out where the heck did this base go ended up finding it the next day and the real shift there the turning point was when i found it i said oh let's go out and drink to celebrate that i found it and that was really when i realized this is an overconsumption pattern that led to a problem and then i wanted to celebrate with my same pattern that didn't line up so it was when I finally recognized that even when, when something went bad, I wanted to eat and drink. When something went good, I wanted to eat and drink. And so that particular time when I almost lost someone else's $4,000 instrument, that was uh, really the, the turning point for me. So, so or one of them, one of the big what, ones. What did you do and how did you deconstruct the behaviors of what happened and how did you reconstitute yourself to architect the future you have, you have now? Mm-hmm. There was a few different pieces that laid in, right? Because any of these journeys, there's always different layers. Earlier than that, I had started walking a little bit. I started running. I started doing what the I saw healthy people doing. And I was fat. I was tired of being fat. So I saw people running on the beach. I'm going to start running on the beach. And to, until the point where I was running marathons, running ultra marathons while I was still really fat, eating what the experts said I should eat according to the books I was reading. I had a personal trainer and I through all that lost about 20, 30 pounds. And that didn't line up for me. And so that was one thing was realizing that exercise is not what, hap- what causes weight loss. It worked for some of it, 
But when you're, you know, 80 to 100 pounds overweight, that's not the key. And so when I injured myself from running too much while I was fat, and I had this incident where I lost the base, I said, okay, I've got to figure something else out. So we dive into nutrition and just aiming for optimal health. So optimal health and longevity, when that was the goal, suddenly the weight melted off. I was still overeating, but I was eating the right foods and melting. Still, I lost another 50-ish pounds just by shifting my nutrition and my goal of I'm going to be optimally healthy, not just fit. So you went from changing, you changed your identity. You are like, I am not only healthy, I'm optimal. And, and, and then you made that your goal. So you didn't stop at, Hey, I just need to lose a few pounds so I can look good for, for that event. Or I need to fit into that dress. It was more like, I want to have the energy of a, uh, of a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. and I'll have a high performance lifestyle. Okay. So that identity shift happened. And have you gone back to your old ways? Never. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that I never, you know, had a couple too many drinks once or twice here and there, but never to the level that I did that last night. Why do you think that is the case? How do people make these permanent changes in their health and own them for the rest of their life? That's a great question. One that I think about all the time. So for me, it was that I went through enough pain and I knew there was something better. I knew there was more to life than just drinking, eating, and wondering when we're going to do that again. So that that loop didn't work. So knowing that that was enough caused me to ask more questions like, what else is out there? How do you actually get wealthy instead of just living pay to, paycheck to paycheck? How do, you, how do you just get to that next level that you see other people doing? And so that answers your next question that you asked, which was, how do people make this change and keep it? When it comes to wanting to make a change, well, we have to decide. And the only way that we make a decision is if we ask questions that shift the way we think. And this is why I'm really into sales, because we need to sell ourselves constantly on the next version. And so what questions can we ask? So if you can really find the pain of what is this costing me? What are the, why, why, do I must, why must I change now? Why can I never go back to the way it was? When you start asking those really deep questions of yourself, then you can start to see what's possible. And then you ask the questions of who can I be? What am I capable of, right? What else can I do and how can I make that happen? And so questions, questioning, questioning, questioning is how we can shift everything. I love that. So it's questioning. It's getting leverage on yourself of why you must change. And it's not a should, right? Like everyone <laughs> should do a lot of things, but very few people get uh, you never get your shoulds, you get your musts. Yes. And you've made it a must, Rusty, from based on what you're telling me. And now you've helped other clients do the same. And so you made it a must, and now you're at this sort of elite level of fitness. And I, I would I would even say that's one of the, the S's we talk about in Limitless, right? We talk about your state, your story, your strategy, but then the fourth S is your standards. And from what I'm understanding, Rusty, you elevate your standards to such a point that it's a non-negotiable to live at this high level. And you, and I'm also assuming that the kind of people you hang out with is different than the kind of people you used to hang out with. Is that right? 100% correct. 100% correct. On right. the standards, like we've got certain rules. The junk food does not come through our front door. Like mm. that, that threshold is where junk food stops. No donuts. No, like we, we got gifted donuts one time from a good neighbor and we let it in just past the front door and then tossed them out immediately afterwards, right? Like those non-negotiables had to be in place. 
And then the people that we were around, I love my friends and I still tell them I love them and I mean it. And I don't hang out with them on a regular basis. When you were, you were actually on my podcast, one thing that you said was fire your fat friends. I was like, <laughs> that's gold, man. Like, you, you don't have to get rid of them forever, but you can edit that relationship. You I can like that word, edit. Just, yeah, it's, I got that one from, uh, from Bedros Cooley and I heard that recently from him. And I was like, that's, that's a good way to think of it because I can still love this person that I used to party with. And next time that we're going to hang out, I'm going to suggest coffee or a hike. You know, yeah. I'm not going to, as I go to bed at eight 30, I'm not going to go out drinking with you. Right. Right. You know? And so that the environment is absolutely critical, absolutely yeah. critical. And, and what happens is your change will make people around you uncomfortable and they'll feel uncomfortable because they're thinking they're losing you. And they're thinking, Hey, you know, I'm still this way that he's evolving or she's evolving. And then they'll want to pull you down because it makes it softens the blow for them. And so you love them, but you still follow your own destiny is what I guess uh, we're both trying to say here. So that's awesome. Help me understand this. Um, you know, I really want my my listeners here to uh, talk about this energy gaps uh, philosophy that you have. Um, a lot of people are achieving a tremendous amount of success. They're, they're crushing it either at their work or their job, but they're doing it in, in, in sort of hustle and not flow, if you will. And what, what's happening is they're coming, they're, they're tired. Um, they, 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 you know, they're, they're practicing all day in their, you know, they're doing surgeries, they're doing their procedures. They're seeing a ton of patients in the hospital and then they come home and then they, they have to, they're trying to maintain the high energy for their family, but instead they're getting a washed up version of themselves that they're giving to their family versus their best version of themselves. Tell me about how you've constructed a way to close those energy gaps to where they're not losing energy and they're actually maintaining that high level energy throughout their day. Absolutely. So from a foundational standpoint, when we've got these gaps, I mean, you could think about it like a, like you've got a hose and the water's going through, but there's holes in that hose, right? And so the water is falling out at different layers or at different parts of that hose before it comes out the actual end. So that would be like your energy. You want it to be in that focused stream coming straight out of that hose but it's falling out in different other areas because you got the holes, right? That the water is starting to spray out of. So if we can plug those holes, that energy is going to come out in a really focused way. And so what are those holes? That's what we have to look for. And a foundational system just to start looking for how to find these holes is self-reflection. If you're not taking time at the end of your day to ask how did it go and why, then you're never going to find it where these holes are. So looking, okay, well, I had low energy uh, about two hours after I had lunch. Okay, well, maybe was that correlated with the lunch that I ate? Was it too high in carbs or was it just too big or was it too small, right? Maybe your glycemic variability is off track because of the type of lunch you ate, but you wouldn't find that unless you go through that ruthless self-examination on a regular basis. So that's just a foundation. If you just start with that and you didn't even listen to anything else I said, that one habit will get you there, right? Regular, nice. regularly going there. So the next big foundation that I always look at is nutrition. It's foundational. It's amazing. If you haven't actually taken the time to figure out your own personalized nutrition, because everybody's different, bioindividuality is a real thing. So your microbiome, your circadian rhythm, your genetics all play in to your unique way that you react to food. 
So if you can personalize the food that you're going through, so I'm a big fan of elimination diets, right? If we can go through an elimination diet, we take out a bunch of crap for 30 days or more, and then you systematically reintroduce it, you'll figure out which foods work and which ones don't. Yeah, I highly recommend this. We do this for a lot of our, um, when I had my uh, Vitology clinic, we would do that. And then a lot of my uh, coaching clients now, when they join the program, they're like, hey, why are you, what are you putting me through? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. It's going to make you feel like a million bucks. And so it's the foundation is that elimination diet. So I love that. So keep going, man. So we got self-reflection, nutrition. What's next? Yeah, outside of self-reflection, nutrition, breathe through your nose. This one isn't talked about enough. Breathe through your nose. Your mouth is only for eating, talking, and in case of emergency, air intake. The rest of the air should be coming in through your nose. And what this does is it actually turns up the amount of carbon dioxide in your system, which is good because oxygen needs carbon dioxide to open the door of the cell for the oxygen to get in. So if you want that Krebs cycle to work how it should, we need a little more carbon dioxide in the system that we will not get if we're mouth breathing. Plus, if we're mouth breathing, we're more in the sympathetic state. So we're in that more fight or flight. You are just literally breathing out energy that could have been in that focused direction that we were looking for. So breathe through your nose as much as possible. I even, I get extra nerdy with this. I wear a nose strip when I sleep and I tape my mouth shut. I want to oh ensure that like, <laughs> you're not playing around. Rusty. So, my wife thinks it's so hot. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I'm not playing around. I want to be the healthiest guy you ever met. Right. Okay. So whatever it takes. And that alone, if I had shifted that even before my nutrition, I think that would have made a massive difference in my life. Mm. And it still continues to every time that I focus more on breathing through my nose than anything that'll turn up carbon dioxide in my system, I get more energy throughout the day. So I'm trying to even breathe less often and shorter breaths, not necessarily short in uh, cadence, but short in, uh, what would you call that? Uh, Bigness leaders, total leaders intake. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm losing the words, but when we can do that, we can, cause your oxygen is generally going to still stay up around that 97%, unless you've got something serious going on elsewhere and you can get a pulse oximeter and measure this. I've tried to get my oxygen low and I can't do it. All the different breath works and exercises I tried, couldn't get my oxygen to go below 96%. Fantastic. Yeah. So carbon dioxide up oxygen stays up and you just feel fantastic. So that's one of the energy gaps. Outside of that, I think the other biggest one is your mindset. If you are consistently focusing on negative self-talk, you're worrying about how to optimize your health too much instead of staying focused on your job. If And that one took up a lot of my brain space and a lot of my energy. Um, once I stopped focusing so much like orthorexically on wait, did I take my supplements at the right time? Oh my gosh, I fell asleep two minutes late last night. Oh no, like all that little crap. Yeah, that, that really took up a lot of brain space. Yeah, so OCD on the thing versus just general principles. Okay, got it. Yeah, focus on that 80-20, like it really matters. And the more that we can subtract from these distractions of negative self-talk, orthorexia, um, really obsessing over minute details for something that isn't important for your biggest vision of life. Right. I think obsession is important. However, the timing of my probiotics does not matter nearly as much as me making sure I got my meditation in today. Like right. it's okay to, to let these flow right. out a little it's bit. It's all that Pareto principle. You know, what's the biggest bang for your buck? What's the, you know, what's the pearl that if I take that, it's gonna make everything else, you know, easier or unnecessary, you know. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's not to say we can't really get these routines solidified in a way that they happen optimally throughout the day. We just can't obsess over it or else we're going to let our energy just sap throughout. And instead of being focused at dinner on like how amazing the meal is that your wife cooked, you're just thinking, oh my God, she put too much rice in my bowl today. You know, and that's going to throw off yeah. my macros. Maybe that's another one. <laughs> Mindset probably can roll into gratitude, right? And, oh, it's massive. And it's really anchoring that in. And there's a lot of people know about gratitude, you know, but I, I want to share with the audience that it's, it's, there's the intellectual gratitude and there's actually the emotional gratitude where you actually feel it in your heart, in your emotions. And um, you know, your voice quivers and you just you get goosebumps and that kind of thing is that then you actually feel you're actually releasing the hormones of, of, of you know, of love and, and of, of, uh, of, of calmness and peace versus the hormones of stress, right? You're, you're not, you're avoiding cortisol, you're avoiding the norepinephrine and all these other things that trigger more of a stressful state. So I like that. Yeah, 100%. One tip that I love for that, if anybody is kind of just going through the motions in their journaling, like, yeah, I practice gratitude, but I don't feel it much. The tip that I found and I love is you write down what you're grateful for. So I'm grateful for my wife. Well, then why? Like write out legitimate reasons why you're so grateful for your wife until you start to feel your heart sing, when you really feel your state change. And that is going to be more powerful than a list of 20 things you're kind of grateful for. That's awesome. That's good. That's a, it's a, it's a way to get sincere gratitude. Mm -hmm. And you can use that as well on, like we talked about earlier, when you want to make a change, well, it's not enough to say, well, I want to be more energetic. Why ask that question, dig into the pain, really feel deeply feel why you want to make this change. Why is it you want more energy? Why is it you want more money? Why is it you want a better relationship? Why is it you want a better family life? right? Why, why do you want these things? And the more that you can hone in on the feeling, the emotion behind it, the emotions are the language of the subconscious. And if 95% of our habits, actions, and thoughts are subconscious, well, it doesn't matter what you logically think. Like we need to get access to the subconscious brain and you can do that through emotion. So the more that we can really feel that'll really get us there. So Rusty, as we wrap up here, um, what you've been around some really high performance people in, in your, in your career, in your lifetime. Can you share with our audience, like some common characteristics you see of these high performers in, in multiple walks of life? And if, if there's any, even physician high performers, you see, that'd be great as well. But just, you know, if there's some kind of common traits uh, that you, you find. Yeah, definitely. There's, I, I see a few different groups of high performers. There's some of them that I don't personally identify with as much because they've always been the high performer. If that's you, I am slightly jealous and I'm proud of you. That's exciting, right? And then there's the people like me that feel like I was just absolute garbage my whole life and I've created the high performer. And so I'm going to talk more about that because that's who I am and that's what I've seen. And so the thing that connects us as high performers that weren't previously is there's an innate drive. There's something deep down. That's like, I, that I know there's better. I know there's better and I'm willing to do weird for lack of a better term. Sorry. I don't know your rules on cursing here, but I went for it, <laughs> <laughs> no but, but I'm willing to be weird and, and to could, uh, potentially be the outcast in my group. If it means that I can be better for myself. 
Because if I'm better as myself, the people around me will get better. Right? If I personally, like, for example, when I needed to change my health, I decided I was going to do it. And even if I was weird, I was the one wearing blue blockers on stage. Like I looked weird singing country music with blue blockers on my face, right? That was just not the normal thing, but I knew that it was going to help me sleep better. I knew that if I was eating the best food at the restaurants, when I was playing with the old band, well, then they started to do the same thing, even though they still made fun of me for it. (laughs) Right. I was willing to be obsessive about it, about the thing that matters most. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest driving factors is an innate drive and willingness to be different, even if it means ridicule. I love that. I love that. I love how you distinguish yourself from the the mediocrity of, of, of the population and say, Hey, look, you know, you stake your claim for greatness and you pay the price, which is contrarian drive for authentic self-improvement, which is awesome. Um, Number one book that's influenced you in the last 12 months. Number one book. Outside of, uh, I read The Silmarillion, which is the sequel or the prequel to Lord of the Rings. So that one's just been fun. But as far as a growth-minded book, my favorite one right now would be, if you're looking for breath work, it's called Breathe by James Nestor. That one's fantastic. And then for just personal growth mindset, my favorite book of all time at the moment is Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And that's by Dan Millman. Yeah, that's awesome. And he also has a movie on that too. So yeah, movie buffs, you can watch the movie as well. But yeah, love those books. Great. Uh, where can people find out more about you, Rusty? You can find me on my podcast. It's called Losing Weight. Pretty straightforward and simple there. So you can find me there. Vic was on there uh, back in November. Great episode. You brought some really, really great work there. So thank you. Uh, and also on Instagram is our main platform at the Coach Rusty. So awesome. those two places reach out anytime okay. we're here to help. Awesome guys. Those are all going to be in the show notes. Rusty, thank you so much. And until next time, guys be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review for more information. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit Vikramraya.com. So until next time, my friends be phenomenal.